I think sometimes too, we have all these sayings about God or about Jesus or where it's like rhetoric, but they want to see like, what do we do when a person in the store is rude to us? What do we do? From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number six. Hello, my name is Addison Espilla, producer on See Here Love. Season 8 is all about host Melinda gets to know you. On this episode, Melinda gets to know her colleague, Laura Watson, co-host and senior executive producer of 100 Huntley Street. This is Melinda Gets to Know, Laura. Well, welcome back to See Here Love. And I, you know, people say that you save the best for last. And I think that's really true with my guests today on our final series show of Melinda Gets to Know Her Colleagues. I hope you've been tracking with us. We have gone and chatted with Crossroads Media CEO Kevin Shepard, Misha and Christina on Next Generation Millennial Issues and Fun. Uh, I talked with Mark Masri, uh, Maggie John, Cheryl Weber. And now today... We end the series with the incredible, beautiful Laura Watson. Welcome, Laura, to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here. I am so thankful, and uh, I'm glad I get to be the, the grand finale. <laughs> but you're the grand finale in Woo! my life. So. <laughs> Amazing. Well, for some of, awesome. the, of you who are listening and watching, you don't know Laura. I don't know why you don't know her, but if you don't, she is the senior executive producer and co-host of 100 Huntley Street. She is an experienced journalist, producer, host, content creator, screenwriter, playwright, actor, wife to Jeff, mom to Jake and Ben, and so much more. And so, Laura, I know that you're going to be sharing uh, a lot about uh, your life with us, but incredible. You have done a lot in your life. Well, I mean, it's, it just sort of rolled out in those different ways and I would fall into things and just, you know, listen to God's promptings and just was willing to try different things. You know, even uh, like, for example, you know, in my teenage years, I was doing acting and this is a choice I made before I started following Jesus when I was 17, you know, and um, so here I'll be, you know, at about 15, start acting, 17, meet Jesus, my whole heart and life has changed. Uh, but continue on acting a bit, looking for things that are positive and inspirational, not quite finding that. Then I go to Tyndale and I'm giving you one snippet of how, you know, life rolls out. Mm -hmm. And um, I join an acting troupe there and they need writers. And I start writing the plays and the, um, you know, the monologues. And I start, the teachers, you know, are taking note and saying the writing's great. Like, can you write another one? Can you write another one? And so we start touring with them across Ontario. But lo and behold, I start not really wanting to act anymore because I start to experience a lot of social anxiety at that stage in my life. So I start putting my friends up on the stage and I just keep writing. Um, and that's just one example of how God, you know, it's amazing. It starts as one thing and then he takes you where you don't think you're going to end up. A hundred percent. I would say that's for my life too. And I think what I love, Laura, even just in that snippet, I had no idea is that I think what I really loved about doing the series, Melinda gets to know her colleagues is that 
you can work with somebody. You can see them in the hallway. You can see them in the studio, in the green room, in the makeup room, in the women's washroom, and know a part of your colleague, but you don't know them all. And I think that's been really rich for me the past number of weeks. And I think even now, we're going to get to know each other even better. And I think that's the gift of this sort of set moment to kind of talk face to face um, about you and about, you know, what God has been doing in and through your life. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get to know you more and for our listeners and viewers, for them to kind of get to know you beyond the TV screen, the podcast mic, you know, the YouTube clips, the social media, you know, sound bites. I think it's going to be really great for them to know you. And on that note, the segue now is for every show, I always do a gush fest about each guest. I think it's awkward. I'm going to, I'm I'm not going to lie. Every time I do this, everybody sat there and went, oh, this is awkward, Mel. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, how do we do this? But I really feel that we need to do this more. And so I thought about you last night and I have a couple points of what I really love about you. What in the interactions that we've had, this is what I have observed about you, Lara. So this is your time to receive my gush fest of you. So the first thing I would say, Lara, is that really out of, I was thinking about of all the people I know, you're probably the most genuine person that I know where who you see on TV is who you are in real life. Like when the show is over, you're still Lara. You are still oozing Jesus and the passion and the and the curiosity uh, and just sort of this openness for people. And I really, really have been inspired about just this genuine way that you live your life. You are who you are. There's no apologies. There's no excuses. This is who I am, Lara Watson. And I think that's really refreshing for time and culture and place where people are always fronting and being somebody who they're not necessarily who they truly are. And so I've really appreciated just your genuineness in how you live out your life. The second oh, thing I just love about you is <laughs> that's okay. Go for it. A gift to my heart. Thank you. You're welcome. I think the second thing is, oh, no, I'm getting emotional, is that you really love Jesus. Uh, there are a lot of people who say they love him. But I have seen in the way you speak of him, um, of why you follow him and how you love others, that you really want the best for others, which is really about Jesus. And I just love how you really love him. It's a true relationship. And I know we're going to get into more details about how you got there with him. But it's really beautiful and refreshing, Lara, to see this really beautiful intimate relationship that you have with Jesus and that you speak of him in such a way of honor, but of closeness. And that's beautiful. So that's the second thing I love about you. The third thing I love is how you love your family. You talk about your boys and Jeff and the things you do, and it's a priority for you. And I know we'll talk more too about the challenge with priority of being a career woman and a mom, but there is that part that your desire is to make them a priority, that your desire is to be a mom. And I, I've seen that in your posts on social and how you talk about them and you're running off to, for, to pick them up and do <laughs> things. And so I just think that's really, really beautiful. And then finally, um, you are a resilient woman 
you have been courageous when you had to be, when life wasn't easy, when you didn't know where God was taking you. And so your resiliency, perseverance, and courage um, are beautiful traits of you. And so I've, I've seen that. I don't know you fully, but I have sense in the little interactions and, and how you've spoken on 100 Huntley Street, um, just your perseverance and commitment to hold tight to God through your life. So those are my four points. That's my gush fest for you. I just wanted to say that to you before we start to just say that's what I really appreciate about you as a person, not just as a colleague, but as a person, as a sister, and as a woman in the work that we do. Uh, Melinda, those words mean so much to me. And so many things, it's interesting that you mentioned about what you're, you know, you take note of and and who I am or things I, I pray about. And I'm, you know, so it's like every little point that you've said, it's like, I never want to not be the same person uh, that people see, you know, on the television. Like, and I pray these things like, Mm. God, let me be the same person. Let me be willing to say the same thing in, in real life. And uh, and then the other layers of, you know, am I putting my family first enough? Like literally, it's like you heard my prayers and every uh, wonderful word of encouragement you just gave me. And so it's a gift to me. Uh, the closest with Jesus is like utter dependency on him. And we can get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, I need him. <laughs> so, but um, that's such a blessing. And uh, you've really, you filled my bucket for a year. <laughs> like this kindergarten, you just filled my bucket. I'm so glad. uh, I'm so glad. And I think, you know, it's one thing, Laura, where I think just we need to do that more. It's funny. Like people, I think we think we do it or we don't, we're not as intentional doing it and spending the time to actually say, hey, listen, Laura, you can't go anywhere because we have an interview and you have to look at me, which sometimes is, is really awkward and weird. But I think it's something that I'm trying to do in my own life to be a little bit more like, no, I want to, I want to let you know what I've observed of you, see of you, what, I, is in, what I'm encouraged by you. Um, because, you know, we get a lot of the negative, you know, that in media, <laughs> all the stuff we're not doing right or what we're not wearing or our lipstick or whatever. And I think it's time we kind of flip the tables and share what we like about each other. <laughs> so. So do I, well, now do I get to guess I guess you can. Up? I know. It's funny. I just said this to you. I'm like, I guess you can. Yes. I will receive that. I need that today, actually. <laughs> Good. Okay. So, so there are a lot of things I love about you, Melinda. I think, um, and there's, you know, I'm going to go through each one. So first of all, um, the way you light up a room when you walk into it. The other day I was walking out of a room here at work and you were walking in and you literally brought a joy and a light to that room that filled people up. Like, in a way where, you know, you say to, you, you know, you'd say about someone, well, it's charisma. And then for me, I'm like, no, that's God's spirit. Like this woman is walking in God's spirit. There's a boldness to her and there's a joy that she brings into the room. And, um, and it changes the atmosphere. You change the atmosphere of a room. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what has struck me about you multiple times. Number two is the way you passionately love your friends. The way that like the sheer um, love on your face when you're with your friends, even when I see like posts, I can see it. Even when I'm, even when I've had lunch with you, you know, we haven't gotten to know each other as much as we want to probably, mm-hmm. but in the times when I've watched you interact with friends that you're close to, you know, I see the love, I see the presence. You're so present. Um, and that commitment as a friend is so, 
amazing. I know I walked away from you thinking, I want to be a friend like that. And that's really interesting. I want to be a girlfriend who's present like she is. Mm. So that's a big one. That is. It's a big one. Um, and then, you know, I also think this is interesting too. So I, I watch your show sometimes, of course, and listen to the podcasts. And then I watch your interactions with people. And I think people are braver after they've experienced you and when they're experiencing you. Mm. And that's something big because we need to have bravery and courage in this world, in this life. It's, it's a hard life. People seem to step into their own skin more when they're with you. They seem to step out of their skin more, like so they're themselves more, and then they take the risks, and I watch it happen. And I think it's because you are a woman who's living true to your story. You're living true to who you are. You own things. You own your feelings. You own your worldviews. Um, they're positive. They're for other people. Like So you're living, you're, you're putting yourself out there, and you're getting other people to do that in the process. They don't even know they're doing it, hmm. but it's like right? It's like contagious. And it's it's beautiful. Because if we were all doing that, it would literally change the world. If we were all putting ourselves out there and, and stepping up to the plate and living courageously uh, in whatever way that looks like for each one of us, it would make a huge difference. So whether that's speaking our truth or just loving others with abandon, whichever. Mm. And, um, you know, I another thing that really has struck me with you is your tenacity, like your never give up attitude. Like I can literally come to you. I can imagine I can come to you with any issue and you're like, well, I know what to do. We're going to do this. <laughs> and like, that's incredible. It's like, you know, that is, it's few and far between. Your tenacity is very strong. Um, the fact that you started, you know, you had a digital show, the journey of being an entrepreneur and then building it out to a broadcast show, to podcasts. Then, you know, um, every incarnation, it's like, I'm going to write a book now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh, you know, and it helps us be, it helps all of us step forward, like as women, right? So it makes a difference because we say, you know, well, what could I do that if I put a little of my tenacity in there, if I stepped up a bit more and, you know, you're encouraging us to do that. I think another huge ones. Like, I don't know if I'm at like six, I'm at five. I know how many <laughs> so another one is the way you make space for everybody's story. So here you have built out this platform in your life and you've given it away. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. Like you talked about my love of Jesus. You're right. <laughs> An obsession, but like watching him, right? He gave voice to the voiceless. He lifted up those. He brought forward those who are on the margins or unseen and every time you know i'm watching see her love and like she's tackling that she's having them share about this she's bringing voices that are marginalized or oppressed forward she's also just giving away platform which people don't do obviously like you know and especially in regular media we're often trying to build out that platform for ourselves i think sometimes in faith-based media of course that occurs too mm -hmm. um but you're building it out actually to give voice to others to show God's glory in their lives and, and lift them up. Um, and I think that's incredible. I think it's one of a kind. Sometimes I'm amazed. I'm like, she's got, she's doing it for the millennials. She's doing it for people of color. She's, you know, like every focus, right? Gender. She's got men up there now because they're being excluded. Like, let's, so that inclusivity and um, sharing your platform, building a platform actually to give away as much as you know, mm. as much as you possibly can. Um, okay. 
just one more. Okay. But I actually have like four, but I, okay, one more. Right. it's the that you share a fresh vision of Jesus with people. So we talked about Jesus and, you know, like I, you know, I, you know, read the Bible so much and all these things, so many of us have, but you're giving a fresh vision of Jesus, that Jesus is the one who meets us on the journey. And, and you're saying it's okay to be on the journey. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be here or there. He just loves you. Mm-hmm. Um, so often I encounter Jesus differently when I watch your show. And that's interesting because it's like when I watched um, The Chosen, same thing. Suddenly I encountered Jesus differently mm-hmm. than what I read in the Gospels, than what I was taught in school. So, you know, you're presenting Jesus. Your love of Jesus comes out in this authentic way of like, I'm going to show you the real Jesus. Here's another look at who he is. Here's mm-hmm. another uh, view, you know, at the savior of the world. Take a look at this. So those are some big wow. things. Laura, yes. that was honestly, <laughs> that was really, I mean, there's no words. Um, that really encouraged me. I think sometimes when you're in it and you would know this, like you're just sort of doing it and you're kind of, focused in and you don't know like is it making impact like we know people write us but like you're kind of just in the work and for you to just really see and affirm my heart it's totally true I mean you said it like it is so much of this platform of Sierra Love is not mine God has given it to me to steward and to hold the space but it never was like the Melinda show like for me it was always like that's why it was about see, hear, love, because I wanted to see people, hear people, and really love them with the love of Jesus. That's why it, that kind of came about. Um, and I really heard God say really clearly, like, this is my show. I, th- you know, I'm going to, you know, give you the opportunity. You're going to work hard with it. But it's our story together, Melinda. And then I want to hear other people's stories of their story, my story together. And so... Thank you for that. Thank you for knowing that, noticing that, because that's really big for me. I, I, that's my heart. That's my heart. Um, that it, it's that platform. And thank you for those things. I really, it's that was beautiful. That was really beautiful, and I received that. And thank you so much, Laura, for that. I hope you do. And you know what's funny? Among all of it, I just wanted to say I can't wait to see what the future holds. <laughs> I know. I know somebody already asked me that. So what's going to happen for season nine? I'm like, I'm still just getting into season eight. <laughs> They're like, oh, but what do you have planned? I know. I have some things planned. So we'll wait and see what that is. So thank you for that. Um, now I want to go into our fun, fast questions. Because I think these are all sure. fun to kind of get to know you more quickly. And so this is sort of like quick little things. I've asked all of your colleagues and my colleagues the same thing. So it's really fascinating how diverse they've answered these questions. So are you ready? Our fun fast questions time with Laura Watson. Here we go. Aside from 100 Huntley Street and See Here Love, Laura, what is your favorite TV or streaming show, past or current, and why? Um, okay, so I love I'm such a like I'm just a nerd. I don't know what to <laughs> So I love like all the Star Wars spin-offs. Okay. And I'm and I don't go like deep like so I'm someone who's always like, what's next in a way? That's not good too, is it? But anyways, Mandalorian was one I loved. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um and then I'm thinking of hold on, hold on. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yes. Good. Let's watch it. Like so good. So I love sci-fi. I love like 
dreamy adventures. And then if I really want to laugh, and I just have so many answers for you. If I really want to laugh, then it would be like The Office. Yes. Because because I'm always like, which one am I in The Office? Which one is... <gasps> which one are you in The Office? Uh, oh, like, you know, we all want to be someone good like Pam, right? But Yeah, no. I'm who would, somebody else. <laughs> who would I be in The Office? That's actually funny. I've never thought about who we'd be. Okay. You would be... Oh, well, you need someone fashionable and trendy. See, I like Mindy, like, um, Mindy, yeah, but like, but she's a little bit ditzy. I know, I don't know. Because, because Pam is kind of like, she's not as spicy as I am either. Yeah. We're probably a mix of people. Maybe you'd be a mix. I could see you being a mix. Like, you're kind of a mix of, um, I'm just trying to think. I'm going to have to think about this because that's actually a really fun game of like, who are you in the office and what mix are you? But I agree. That's actually funny. I love the office. Like when I need a, a laugh, I will, Chris and I will turn on the office, but we love yeah. Star Wars. We actually were just having a talk about which is everybody's favorite. So Chris's Return of the Jedi is his favorite. Um, but I love the Mandalorian. We loved Obi-Wan. We watched it so all. Good, right? So good. That's like- interesting. I didn't know, you know, like sci-fi. See, and I didn't know you did. Oh, I, I love that totally stuff. That's what we watch like, all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's awesome. So I, Sigh. Well, this is good. I five. binge thing. Okay, good. That's actually fun. Okay. <laughs> Aside from you and me, who is your favorite yes. influencer, host, past or present? That's so hard. I know. Hard. I know it is. I know it is. These are good questions. You must be a professional interviewer. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm thinking like the person I go to all the time would be Oprah. I feel like everybody would say Oprah. I need to say someone more like, but the thing is like, no. I really want a balanced perspective, right? Seriously. I'll be like, I should see what Oprah's saying on like this person. Um, but what I love about her is she knows when to talk, when to listen. So even as an interviewer, um, it's based on personal relationship, you can tell. And then she's got that, um, like, she's really humble. You know, for all she's achieved, like, she'll be sitting there having a learning moment. Like, there's never this, like, I'm the expert on life. Mm-hmm. And and then her transparency, like, she tells the truth. Yeah. Those are, but does it with grace. Yeah. That's so interesting because when... But what do you think? Well, when Misha and Christina, like you're the only one who said Oprah, I said Oprah. When Misha and Christina asked me the question, I actually got a little bit of my style and how she was listening and her questions from Oprah. When I was starting off, I would watch her and she would let that kind of like pregnant pause happen to let them Mm -hmm. think. And I'm like, fill, fill, fill the space with talk. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, she just look at them. And then they would be like, like disarmed and then they would kind of share and you're like, Oh my goodness. She allowed space for that. Um, Her questions were great. And I think part of how I host is I'm always learning. Like I, you know, one of the secret, I don't say secrets, but for my interviewing, it's, there always is something like, I want to get this from them. They're an expert, but I always interview for me to learn so that if there is something that I didn't know, I have the space to ask that. Because that would be interesting for me, not like here are, this is where we have to go, right? So that's so great. Like uh, Oprah's style of interviewing was transformational for me. Yeah, it's really changed my approach because I'm newer to this than you are, that's for sure. And so I have watched her a lot and, you know, learning. I agree with you on those pauses, like, and 
just creating the space. I'm thinking of your conference making space now, yeah, which makes total sense, right? But it's true. And now I do that as well in interviews where I'll just take a second, like just let them breathe for a minute, see what else they might say. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I was interviewing at a women's leadership retreat, um, some pretty like, some, you know, very accomplished leaders, women. And I was interviewing one and she had a moment. She got quite emotional and it was really interesting. Another leader sitting down from the stage tried to fill in like it, it was, she was emotional. So there was, there was no talking and she, um, okay. Mark Masri is behind you and I cannot get enough of this. On our live podcast, I'm waving. Oh, well, there's Misha. <laughs> I love that. Like, that's what happens. Interruptions happen. You're so sweet. I know. Oh, he's giving you hearts. Oh. He's back. He's back. Totally. Yeah. Oh. He's back from all of his world travels with the tenors. <laughs> That's so fun. I know. It's insane. It's insane. So it was – so what was so strange, so, so this this leader is having a moment. She's emotional. And another leader down from the stage who's listening is, like, feeling a little awkward. So she starts filling in space. So she literally starts talking. And all of a sudden, I remember going to this woman, stop. I actually said to her, Stop. I said, stop, we're taking this moment. And, and I'll be honest, I was a little nervous because I didn't know how this woman respond to me. So yeah. we, let the, we let the woman I was interviewing have some time. And after the session, the woman who I'd said, stop, she came up to me and she goes, thank you for doing that. She goes, I've always been in sort of the world of like fill in space, fill in, like if it's awkward, fill in, fill in, fill in. She goes, but when you said to me, stop, and let this moment happen. Something clicked in me where it's like, I need to be that more. I need to be a person that just allows for stuff to happen and to see where that goes. Now, of course, if, we, if it was happening for 10 minutes, I would have stopped it. But yeah. it was a moment that was really powerful. So anyway, I, that was a real learning because I remember Oprah would do that as well. So anyway, that's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's out of our comfort zone to stop. It is, the, but we need but to have that more. Yeah, we totally yeah. need to have that more. Okay, yeah. aside from, it's such a plug, the See Here Love yeah. book, Always Know. Lara, what is your favorite book and why? Okay, this was, okay, this is, that was a great book, See Here Love, Always Know. Very Thank good. Thank you. And Thank you. Very good. And I love all the voices in it. Um, okay, so this is hard because... It's like, do you pick like a, you pick like a fiction romance? You can do anything. Now, remember, I told everybody that they couldn't choose the Bible because at one point everyone's like, do we say Bible? Like people felt like they had to say the Bible. I'm like, no, it's okay. Okay. I think the book that, that always strikes me is one called Surprised by Hope. Okay. And this isn't, you know, this is true. So here I am back when I'm doing my undergrad, then I'm doing my master's and doing a thesis, doing this in theology, ethics, community. How do you live as a Christian in this world? How do you develop character? Like these are huge questions I'm trying to answer in my own life and in my thesis. And I read this book by N.T. Wright called Surprised by Hope. And that book took me off guard because 
I think I had fallen in. I, you know, when I came to faith, it was very supernaturally driven. It was very um, charismatic. I'm still, I still have those leanings, but I became so heavenly minded. It was almost like not, mm. you know, earthly, you know, heavenly, no, so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. Like it was sort of like that. So here's the surprise by hope book by N.T. Wright, who's a historian and a theologian. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about how, you know, it's actually this earth that will be resurrected, not just our bodies, right? And so the kingdom of God, where this, you know, earth will be resurrected as Jesus um, returns, and there's all this amazing, you know, theology, it's called eschatology, mm -hmm. like that's your end times focus there, like what happens? But actually, that kingdom is among us now. Yes. We're meant to be part of the resurrection of this world right now. And so, um, like, that's the hope. That's the surprise. It's like, you know what? This world is not just wasting away. We're in it to breathe new life into it. And that means we're taking action in social justice. Mm -hmm. We're continuing to grow in our character to be more like Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, and to bring God's, you know, um, rain here on earth. So really like bringing heaven to earth that just changed my thinking. That was it. I was like, you know, um, practical, uh, social justice principles, right? That's how you walk out what it means to be Jesus, um, feeding the hungry, helping those who are downtrodden, bringing freedom to those who are oppressed, like very clear for me, uh, at that stage, you know, who, who God is, what he wants us to do as those who are following Jesus how he wants us to steward our lives, to steward this earth closer to new creation and, mm. and to what he wanted it to be originally. Yeah. So we're light bearers, right? In a dark world. And it really affected me in a good way. Like it's probably exactly why I, I partly am where I am now, right? Like wanting to bring light to those who are struggling in the darkness. Amazing. And T. Wright was key for me too. During the time of some of my own theological understanding, I was going to Tyndale University I was in some transition of my own kind of theology. Uh, he really enlightened me. Like the things about, he has the whole series about Paul, the apostle Paul and going through the letters and totally different perspective on my Baptist upbringing and challenged me to kind of really think deeply about context and about, mm -hmm. you know, where people were situated in conversations and, and, it was really good. I have always loved N.T. Wright. He was pretty formative in my own um, sort of like faith journey and thankful for him. So that's good. But it's interesting. I haven't read Surprised by Hope, so I'm going to check that out. I probably have a copy. Oh, maybe I'll have to borrow from you. I'll talk to you after the yes. after the conversation. Amazing. Have, Melinda, I'm so thankful we're doing We have a lot in common. We I know. I this is yeah. it's see again, this is why I do these things. Cause it's kind of like, you know, we could be in the same building, we have our different shows, we're, you know, executive producers, we're hosts, and we kind of keep going. But then to actually sit down and go, Wow, Lara, we got we love our sci-fi, we love our Oprah, and we love our NT Wright. <laughs> what? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> really cool. We might have to God do, knows. <laughs> we might have to do a show on all those combined, some kind of like yes. Star Wars, Oprah, and NT Wright. What is the common thread or something, something yes. like that? We'll have to do. Force for good. <laughs> nice. It's really good. I like that. Okay. Time to turn the tables. You can ask me anything you want. Well, you know, within reason. I have to say that to everybody. Okay. Pretty much anything, and I'll try my best to answer it for you. Okay. All right. So, okay. Would you say, okay, I, well, now I want to ask you the same questions. I don't know. If that, 
You can ask me any question you want. Okay. So, all right. So, what? oh, okay. So what's your favorite movie? Oh my I'm goodness. So really? Yeah, okay. that's so hard. I know. This is so insane. And again, I don't want people to judge me after I say these because there's a couple. Okay. So I loved Dances with Wolves. Uh, there was something quite back, way back when it came out. I think it's because I didn't know anything about anything about that world. And I think cinema- cinematically, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I loved Legends of the Fall. I mean, it's a little spicy, but I had yeah. a crush on Brad Pitt. But the storyline, again, the just the storyline of tragedy and then triumph and redemption and forgiveness and restoration. I like, I love that kind of stuff. So legends of the fall was one of my favorites. Um, I, <laughs> it's so weird. I I loved, and it's so odd. And now when I watch it back, it's so wrong, but I loved serendipity with, um, yeah. the reason why I liked, um, Oh no, serendipity, but no, sorry. That's not what I, that's, that's just my fun show. I love sliding doors. Uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. And the reason why I like Sliding Doors was I always was fascinated by one choice can change somebody's the rest of somebody's life. So for me to actually see a movie try to tackle that by missing the train completely changed her life. Or if she'd gotten on the train, it went yeah. her life went different. So I liked Sliding Doors. Yeah. And then I loved Notting Hill. <laughs> yeah. Just for fun. And I love I always loved Julia Roberts. Um, I love love stories. I love, you know, maybe I'm a little Hallmark fan sometimes, you know, to the chagrin of my husband, especially watching it Christmas in the summer time, Hallmark Christmas movies. But I love that. Um, but I, I love Star Wars movies too. Like I love, and I know this too, and I love Marvel movies. I, the Avengers and... Um, I know people didn't really love it, but the latest Thor movie, like love that stuff. So I'm kind of wide range. That was a big question, but I, I love all movies cause I love action, but I love comedy and I love love stories, but I love, you know, kind of like cinematic long generational stories, you know? So there you have it. That's really good. It's so much. It. It's so much. I love- I love all your choices too. Like you and I should like binge movies. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I love all that stuff. So yeah, we should. Again, I'm writing notes going, oh, maybe we need to do like a girl girlfriend hangout and oh, have like a and then just watch movies and watch old Oprah yeah. interviews and yeah. Oh, read NP Ray. Right. Okay, that's good. That's a good question. All right. All right. Good. Um, okay. Oh, do I get to ask you another okay, one? Okay, one, no? one more. One more. This is a good one. Okay, this okay. Like good insight into you. Okay. Okay, other than the Bible, because we, you know, we, like, we have to take it off the table for a second, because I don't want you to just say, because anyone, you know, most of us uh, yeah. say, like, yeah. what's the one, so, assuming you always have the Bible with you, other than that, what is the one thing you can't live without? Oh, this my is so gosh. Tell you more. Oh, no. This is, is hard. These are hard questions. Okay. What's the one thing I can't live without? Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. I I even think I know the answer. Okay. Like- I, I think okay, the 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 base real answer, it's just so bad is my iPhone. Okay. Like I think everybody doesn't want to say that, but 
I don't know what I would do without it, to be honest. Like the and, and, and in the most practical way, this is why. So I have not memorized any phone numbers of any of my family, my husband, our kids. It's bad. Chris has actually said, if anything happened to you, you would not know how to call us because you don't have any numbers memorized. Everything's in your phone. And I now have to, honestly, this next couple of weeks, I have to start memorizing numbers because Chris is like, you cannot go out of the house and not know phone numbers just in case. Okay. So on that front, my iPhone would be, a I couldn't live without for that reason, but also I do all of my, a lot of my work through my iPhone. Yes. And my social media posts and everything else. So that would be one. Oh my goodness. Lara, that's a good question. Because there's a part of my brain that says I should say certain things, but is it the truth? Yes. Like, could I not live without, you know, my husband, Chris, and he needs to be with me. But, you know, yes, but also we also have a great community where I don't, we have space to hang out with my girlfriends, other people. So that, um, oh, my shoes. (laughs) my collection of shoes <laughs> yeah like I should have just said material things okay. but not in the my shoes I mean? and, and my clothes I mean I you know here's the thing I if I wasn't in the work I was doing I was actually thinking about going into fashion I went to the fashion and merchandising school in Toronto and did really well there and a lot of my teachers were like you should go into this you're merchandising I was designing clothes I was merchandising at back then it was Eaton Center, but now it's the big, you know, um, mall in Toronto downtown. Um, and so fashion's big for me. I, I love shoes and clothes. I love fits, colors, styles. So there's that part. It sounds a little materialistic, but I do love that. Yeah. Well, I think you're really visually gifted. So you really are like you're set even it's like and I love set design I love design too yeah so that's a gift from God like it's visual creativity so I think it's you've got to celebrate it I want you to come to my house and design I would totally love that and actually and again too if I wasn't fashion now as I've gotten older I would love to explore interior design too one day I love it I think it's because what the pandemic did Lara was it created where I was always out of the house, but then because I was in, I was like, why don't I make my home a space that we love to be in, even in a pandemic? And yes. that kind of sparked something in me that was very creative to make my home that, and then just had fun with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe some of that. I hope that answers your question. It wasn't really like, you know, my prayer diary or journal, which I do have. No. I didn't mean it wasn't very spiritual, but. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. Great. It was perfect. I just wanted to get to know you more. Oh. And uh, and I should have said, like, I could say something, you know, what's your, the one meaningful, like, you know, emotional thing you can't live without. <laughs> you might have said, like, you know, love. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Love and laughter, maybe. I do love laughter and love. So I know. There you go. Your relationships uh, really matter to you. So, but I mean, if somebody said, like, you know, I can't live without my water bottle, it means they're always needing water. <laughs> We're human. I know, and I hated that I said iPhone. That's so bad. But anyway, it was everybody who's going to write me to complain about that is because my my important phone numbers are in there. That's why. That's right. (laughs) That's important for my own safety. There we go. 
All right, Laura, let's go to getting to know you more. Um, We could literally talk for five hours. So I got it. Yes. Okay. But here we go. Um, This is good because we talked earlier of what I love about you about just family and priority. But let's start with being a mom. What Mm -hmm. do you love most about it? Let's start with that. And then second will be, what's the most challenging thing about it? I have a lot of moms that listen and engage with us on See Her Love, young moms, uh, moms where the kids are out of the house. But I'm always uh, so interested to hear perspectives. So what do you love most about being a mom? Okay. So, wow, that's a great question. (laughs) It's a hard question. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, I like, so really, I'll be honest, like, I'm just going to start with the stuff that's like every day. I love like the cuddles. Mm-hmm. and the hugs and the affection like I really I think probably one of my love languages is touch mm-hmm. so I like that stuff a lot um and you know spending quality time with them laughing those moments of laughter so it's like the fun and the joy of having kids and um but then maybe the the biggest thing that like I will marvel at one day when I'm you know old and gray and looking back on my life uh, is that I got to see these two young little souls grow up and God was on a journey with them while they grew. Like mm. I get to witness um, the growth of their their hearts and their minds and their desires and their gifts and um, and their spiritual life with God. And, and you know, when, when it's good and, you know, when it's strong and when it's struggling and all those layers. Um, and so I often feel just like surprised and humbled uh, as I get to watch them develop. Like I just feel like, God, I can't believe I get to see this. I, I think it's amazing. And um, one of the biggest highlights is when I see them describing or, or just like owning their own relationship with God, um, aware of his presence, aware of what's happening uh, in their hearts. And, and then I'm always surprised in those moments, like, Oh, God loves them more than I do even. Oh my goodness, God is even closer to them than I am. So mm-hmm. you know, he's walking with them. It's interesting because, you know, Jeff, both Jeff and I, <clears throat> my husband and I, we didn't quite intend to try to have kids. And, you know, we'd been married for five years and I was really open-handed about it. I would say like, it's fine if I end up adopting. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to have my own kids. I'm not even trying. Like, I wasn't, we weren't even, tr- like, we just, mm-hmm. that's the reality. And um, I think it had it came down to like insecurity, like not knowing what kind of parent I would be. And mm-hmm. actually I think that was the same for Jeff really wondering like what kind of family would we be? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we're already a lot to handle for ourselves and God's got his handful. <laughs> hands full of that. It's like fear and trembling that, you know, and I'm so thankful to God that he sort of intervened and, and made it happen so that we did get pregnant because, you know, we're five years into our marriage. I'm certainly not focused on that at all. And, I'm not focused on career either. Like I'm just sort of focused on doing ministry at that point, working in a church. And, um, but, but the crazy thing is it's like, then your kids, you know, you start to raise your kids and you're like, they're very loved. They're very whole. They're very happy. We're doing a a good job. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one counselor saying, listen, Laura, nobody leaves family life, life unscathed. (laughs) Like don't kid yourself. Right. Have baggage. And, and so don't, you're not going to be perfect, right? But do your children feel loved, right? Because I continue mm. to carry this burden. Would I be a good enough parent? And uh, again, it's this humbling, surprising journey. Like God's like, yeah, Laura, you know, they're doing well. You've, they're, 
they are healthy. They're functioning. They're strong. They're, you know, maybe too strong. <laughs> they're very confident. <laughs> that's you know, good. they know what they want. They know who they are. It's like, so that's a hum- humbling journey. It's a humbling process. Yeah. That's what I, such a long, but it, I think it's like the surprise of the joy and uh, the well-being and these little souls that I just see blossoming. Yeah. That's what I love most. Amazing. It's beautiful. I love that. You know, I think it's a reminder for all of us that we will parenting. We're not going to be perfect. We just said that to our kids. You know, Chris was really great. He said to our teenagers, like, hey, guys, just a P.S. This is the first time that we've been parents to teenagers. So give us a break. And they were like, they were like this. What? We're like, it's the first time we've ever been parents to teenagers. Like, this is we're learning the best we can. And it was really interesting. The response, you kind of were like taken aback and they were like, right. You've never done this before. Have you? We're like, no. So you're asking us to give you guys breaks. You give us a break. We show you guys grace. You show your parents some grace because we don't have all the answers. We're doing the best we can. And that was really cool because our kids actually were like, oh, right. Like it was kind of like a light bulb moment for them where they were like, you know, and our kids are 15 and 18 and they were like, that's a good point. Like they actually were like, that's a good point. And I, it was actually really awesome because I was like, yes, now you know that, you know, you're looking at us as parents and we're doing all this, but we're just trying the best that we can. So I really love that. I mean, we're, we're all going to have our problems and issues, but I love that you said, you know, you could do all the things, but your children feel loved. And I think that's the key. It's awesome. Uh, I like what you said, and can I please borrow it with my team? Yeah, no, please borrow it because we've told that to a couple of friends, and they're like, we've never thought of that. We're like, it's real. (laughs) We've never done this before, so give us a break. And the way even Chris said, like, give us a break. And they were like, "Uh, what do you mean give the parents a break? We're like, yeah, give us a break, you guys. Like, you know, you're always like, don't be so hard on us, but, you know, expecting stuff. It's like the same as us. So anyway, it was really good. Turning the tables a little bit. Um, yep. Most challenging thing about being a mom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because you're, you're, you're a part of yourself. Um, it's interesting. Like, I think it's oh, it's a couple things. I remember the realization that I had to have that my faith journey is not necessarily theirs, mm-hmm. right? So these experiences I've had with God that transformed me and impacted me so deeply they haven't had, right? Because they didn't live my life. They aren't who I am. And so I would take for granted and say like, you know, well, you know, God's like this. And then I had to realize, no, they don't. Well, why would they? Because they right. haven't. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. So how do they know if God's faithful yet? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that realization and then starting to hand that over to God and say, okay, God, so how can I model, right, to them more what it looks like to be in relationship with you? How can I help them own their faith? I think another one is like, It's amazing because I was so afraid to have kids. Then I know, you know, like I can tell by the fruits that I've been a good parent, like not perfect at all, right? But good. But you still mess up. And so those times you mess up, uh, really realizing, oh my goodness, my baggage just came out. Or, right, like I just projected onto them. And Hmm. how do I strike the fine balance? I didn't mean to do that. And how do I pull that back? Um, But what's cool is, you know, I remember seeing Lisa and John Bavera say this when their kids were young and they were learning how to parent too, um, they would apologize to their kids when they made a mistake. So like, I do that now. It's like, you know what? I messed up and I'm sorry. 
And um, I've asked God for forgiveness because I, I would tend to have done that, right? Mm-hmm. And here's how I can not do this in the future. Uh, and you're careful, like why you say you did something, right? Especially if you're projecting. So you got to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you always have to self edit with them. But, um, and I, and it's amazing. It's been healing when I've done that. They've, I think, understood exactly what you said. Like we're humans. We're mm-hmm. on this journey too as parents. And we really like love you unconditionally and, and with our whole beings, but, but we are not perfect. We are fallen. And I say that to my boys, every one of us is a fallen, sinful human. So I'm going to mess up too, but, and then we, you know, we pray together too. I'll pray with them. If I feel like that's, you know, they'll, they'll see my repentant heart in that prayer even, right? God, what can we do differently? What can I do differently next time? And so they do the same thing when we mess up. Yeah. They'll apologize. Then they'll say, can you pray with me to God? Can we pray together? That's good. You know, I think that kind of like leads into the next question just about, I get a lot of questions from moms, but you know, how do you share your faith with your kids, young to teenagers in a real meaningful way that's not manipulative or shame guilt based? Um, And so you kind of said that, but maybe you can just expand a little bit on that just because I think, you know, I have a lot of moms who are like, how do we do that well? Because it, it can be awkward with a teenager, um, but it also you don't want it to project your own stuff on them because they're becoming adults and they've got, you know, their own lives, but they're still kids. What would you say? That's a great question. It's very hard. And I think it's a question we all wrestle with regularly. I think the fact that you're wrestling with the question mm-hmm. uh, is a signal that you're a good parent and that mm. you're trying really hard, right? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that uh, started to really hit me as I saw my boys. So, you know, you take them to church and they go to Sunday school and, you know, as they're in grade school, that kind of age, like say, you know, so easy when they're two to get them to sing the songs. And, and then, you know, they're five and you're like, trust Jesus and mm-hmm. you're doing all these things with them. And I grew up not going to those kinds of programs, but so then my kids are going to them and I'm like, Oh, this will be enough. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at myself. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will do it. No. Um, but then they start to think for themselves and they're like eight, nine, 10. And you're like, you know, well, God always answers prayers. Well, he's answered my prayer. Uh Oh, like you're like, Whoa. And I think it's modeling. So I think it's a bunch of things. I think it's that moment of realization. They're not going to inherit our faith. Just bringing them to church does not do it. Right. Um, but those things help. It helps when you're modeling faith and it mm-hmm. helps bringing them to church. But I realized that my boys are watching me in between the lines. They're watching me um, in between the moments when I think no one is watching me. Mm-hmm. And so it's so interesting because I can say to them, you know what? You just have to have faith in God. But if I don't show them that I'm having faith in God when there's a crisis happening around me, and I'm not saying it would be perfect because I might be crying and saying, you know, maybe this loved one is, you know, sick. So something's wrong, right? Just for an example. And maybe I'm crying, but I say to them, but God is still with us in this. So I'm not perfect. I'm not like mm-hmm. so resilient because I'm still in pain. But in between the moments, I think sometimes too, we we have all these sayings about God or about Jesus or where it's like rhetoric, but they want to see like, what do we do when a person in the store is rude to us? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Do we turn the other cheek? Do we get in a huff? Do we walk out and say to them, you know what? Uh, they're struggling and I think we should think about praying for them. I think we should talk about, should we pray for them? And on a good day, I do that. And on a bad day, I don't. I walk out in a huff, so I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But I started to recognize my kids are watching between the lines. 
they're not just watching what I say. They're not just watching uh, what I do when others are around. They're watching me in those moments. Am I sighing? Am I agitated? Like, and so that's a big one. I know when I, I, you know, it's like reading the Bible, right? So what's happening in between those moments as you're reading about what Jesus did? What, yeah. what do you, what's really happening with the people? So just being aware that um, they're going to model you and you can say it all you want. You can send them to Sunday school, but if you're not living it, it starts to show itself. And um, But I also think um, here's a cool thing to do because you can't, you could even live it wonderfully, right? And they still may not walk that way because let's remember it's a choice of the heart. Right. Like every human being has this autonomous choice. We can't change that. So they can choose to know God or not. Their hearts can be hard or soft. They can like, that is the human experience. Are we going to repent and clean our hearts? Are we going to let our hearts get hardened and not let God in? And our kids actually are just these human beings too on that. So I think two things quickly is just praying for them, praying over them, praying when they don't know, like, like in the supernatural spiritual realm, like claiming your kids that they will serve God and, um, and then showing them. So sometimes in the mornings, you know, actually almost all the time I'm praying with them on the way to school. What's your day hold? Okay. Let's pray over the test. Let's pray over the friends. Let's pray over the thing. Right. Let's pray over the tryouts. And, and then when they report later, like you help them see the connections. You see how God helped you there. Did you see that? Oh, so we almost have to train them to see it too. There's so much here. We got to write a book, Melinda. I know it's so good. There's so much. There's so much. Ah! Um, and my light just literally fell. Okay. <laughs> Off. Mm-hmm. So now that's fine. I was like my my little like light just back there. Sorry about that. No, that's really good. I'm writing these. I'm writing lots of notes and points. So this is really great. Oh. Um, Laura, is it hard being a mom, wife, and a career woman? How are you managing or not? Any tips? So maybe two tips. Um, but yeah, I think this is an honest, an honest question. I think it's the same for me. It's the same for a number of women who are listening about just trying to prioritize and do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you doing it or, and, or the struggles in all of those and all of those sort of titles, mom, mm-hmm. wife, career, woman. I think it's been, really hard for me to adjust. So mm-hmm. prior to coming, you know, into the role at 100 Huntley Street, I was a freelance and also self-employed in a, you know, small production company. We're doing kids content and I could be at every school event. I could volunteer. I could do all these different things and would work around it. Right. Um, and then of course, COVID, right. Makes you work 12 hours a day. You don't <laughs> COVID was a strange season. And, yeah. um, So I think the balance has been hard. I carry this feeling of like, I should be there for everything. But then I'm also like, am I stewarding the gifts God has given me if I just choose this again, you know, to not put myself out there and share the gospel and, you know, share the theological training I have in ministry. So something I try to do is uh, really focus on them first. So I feel, fo- and, and that's maybe a fault. I don't know. Right. I focus on them before my friendships. I focus on them before, uh, you know, just about everything else. So it's like, you know, my relationship with God, my relationship with my husband and my boys and uh, trying to put work second um, as much as I can. Something that's interesting though, like when I struggle with the guilt and I say, you know, I'm working a lot, my boys will say you're 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 doing something that changes the world. Like my sons, mm-hmm. Jeff will say like you can't step away. You you have to stay doing this, um, 
do what God's called you to do right now. Like they're so proud of the bravery of it because they know that I'm sort of a stay at home mom personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's kind of who I am. And, um, but I'm answering God's call and doing it for such a time as this, like a lot of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like I felt called in COVID. That's the reality. And so I'm, you know, I try to grab quality time with them everywhere. They're really flexible because they support what I'm doing. They love to come to the studio. They watch social media. They're commenting on everything. Awesome. So having those moments, like um, if I have to work at an odd time, then I spend other time with them. So they understand the flex time of my life and my boss, like my colleagues all try to accommodate it. But you know, with media, it's pressing. It's different. Sometimes it's just really pressing. So the tips are like grab quality time wherever you can mm-hmm. and hope. And then I think secondly, um, which really should come first is be in agreement as a household that what you're doing is Good. right. Mm-hmm. We all agree and support it. There's unity. I can't, even when I have mom guilt, I'm like, well, there's unity on what I'm doing. Mm, they good. all believe in this. Yeah. That's really good. Agreement and, and unity in the household. Yeah. That's really, really, yeah. And I think that's really like wise because I think a lot of times with busy households, it's like two separate lives are happening and you kind of come together and surprise, surprise, it never, sometimes it doesn't work because you've been so separate. You're going, you're trying to like, okay, now we're together. Now we got to make this work and we haven't connected. So we're all on different levels, stages, experiences. And I love that, you know, Chris and I are trying to like have more kind of date times or take long walks together just to connect because with him and I, our schedules are so busy. He does a lot of mountain biking with his friends. I have a lot of my girlfriends. We have our kids, you know, and so if we don't carve out that time, it it's not going to happen. And so yeah. that's really, really great. And I think that's really good. I think, you know, grab quality time when you can and really be intentional about it and be present is really key. And I think that's how, how yeah. you're going to be mom, wife, career woman, effectively in all areas because sometimes what happens is you can be a great mom but then career and wife kind of like go you know and then other times it's like you're being super wife but then mom and career woman and then career woman you're on top of the world but wife and mom so and I know in seasons there's gonna be more percentage being put into one because it's that's gonna happen but I think those are really really good tips Laura amazing um, TV host of National Christian Talk Show, 100 Henley Street. Was this always a goal or dream of yours? And if not, uh, what would you have wanted to become or be? It's a good question. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I... When I was like, when I was seven or eight, I wanted to be a marine biologist. But the thing is, Melinda, I'm so bad at science. <laughs> I couldn't even pass it in high school. There's the, oh, really? <laughs> did I you watch, Did you ever watch Jacques Cousteau? No. Oh, he I, was like the guy in the water and stuff that I used to watch yeah. when I was young. But that probably was like really old. But yeah. Anyway, right. that's okay. cool. I know. Yeah. So that's cool. But this is a neat thing. So I didn't. So. It's interesting. In my house, we didn't really have a lot of Bibles around. There was some faith coming from my mom. That's pretty cool. And she'd tell me about Jesus. Um, But when I, so this is neat. And I always see this as a marker. Okay. When I was about eight years old, this is a good story too. Um, I was so imaginative and I was always in my backyard by myself, just doing all kinds of like, just like stories, imaginative. And so I go to my barbecue and I can just feel God's presence from a young age. Like Mm -hmm. I feel this, there's a creator. 
So I start like throwing up my, um, the ashes of a barbecue, trying to conjure up God. Like, this is no, crazy like, kid. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, will he come? Will he come? Well, I was like, no. <laughs> so, so then I'm, it's crazy. And I do this whole, like a ceremony really. And I'm only trying to get God. And I come back like the next day, like it's, it's within days. Like the next time I'm in the backyard, I go back there and sitting on uh, a bench is a little Gideon's new Testament. And I don't, Melinda, I don't even know what it is. Like, I don't know that's a Bible. Like I'm, I'm so unchurched. Like, I don't know. So I open this little red book and I see the red words of Jesus. Wow. I don't, again, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just, but then I start to recognize it's Jesus speaking and my mom's talked about Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this impression in my heart. This is the most important thing you will ever do. This is what you need to know. No. Yeah. And then, um, then that feeling like God is always watching me and with me. Right. I start mm-hmm. praying more like this starts building out throughout my life. And by the time I'm like in Bible college, right. I'm starting to fall in love with theology and ministry and understanding the Bible. And by the time I do my master's, it's biblical hermeneutics. And I'm like, that's interpretation. How do you interpret the Bible? This thing is caring and staying with me. And, um, and, you know, I go into church ministry and I'm doing all these things and even the production company, it's funny. I'm like doing kids content and I'm trying to, I'm laughing because I'm trying to teach the golden rule. Like (laughs) I'm trying to what would Jesus do? And like, you know, it's all secular media and I'm trying to get government grants, but I'm, so in some ways, you know, I, then I did a women's zine, uh, you know, and I was doing lots of writing for that just to inspire women like Mm -hmm. theology, Bible teachings and stuff. And so in some ways I also, my goodness, I also wrote a chiclet novel, never published it. And guess what it's on? It's on the story of a woman um, who is a, like a talk show host who's edgy, like Chelsea Handler, like yeah. really edgy, comes to faith and starts serving God and like follows Jesus and becomes an inspirational talk show host. Are I you wrote serious? That. No, I'm not. I am serious. 10 years ago. It's like an aquarium wow. level person read it. But the point is, no, I'm not surprised I'm in ministry or sharing about the Bible, right? Or teaching about Jesus. That's a f- seed that was sown. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Lord had such humor and wove this story like this, and now I am where I am. I mean, I can't even, yeah, it, it's like, it is something you steward. Like you said, mm-hmm. I'm just stewarding it. I answered the call and I'm so, you're right. I'm close to God. I feel Jesus a lot. I feel the presence of God. I have a lot of neat stories about him. Um, I'm so afraid to say no to God. <laughs> I've been Jonah. Like I've said no and hid myself from the world. Like, so um, I'm amazed where he's taken us. And I think, I think out of humility and having open hands, as you said, in stewarding, I think those are the people he can use in mm-hmm. these kinds of fields the most. Um, and I'm just like, as usual, he's surprising me. That's probably the, the theme throughout this interview. Yeah. God is always surprising me. Yeah. So. I still am stuck, sorry, on the conjuring with the ashes. I'm, I'm like literally seeing this visual of you throwing these things in the air. Literally what was happening. And it was so messy. And, you know, it's like. It, it's so, it, there was a, so there was a sense and presence always for you of yeah. God, of, of something like bigger, the presence of God in your life. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I like that's even looking back and I, I always want to encourage people to try to look at the dots if they can. That's one good thing about the way I think I mm. see, I see patterns. I see everybody's different. Right. But I always see connections and, and I, I always, you know, I hope that for others because 
you know, even as a kid, I used to go to downtown Toronto and walk into churches. Like I was like 10 years old and just wanted to go to church. I just wanted like, and I could, now I look back and I see all these connections. I'm like, oh, that's God working in my soft little heart. Yeah. It's just like. See, I love that because I know that sort of evangelical theology is you make, you say the prayer and now you're in. Okay. Let's, that's a whole other conversation. But (laughs) I find that there are many people who are in the connecting dots phase right now that Mm. are like, there's something happening or they're actually very close with Jesus. They just don't know it. They know there's something. They just don't know the name of, of it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think there's a lot of people with the connecting dots right now. They're just not, they're not there yet or don't want to see it or can't see it. But or maybe they're even like connecting a mainstream Christian religion with the dots. And so they're like, I can't look at this. Yeah. But it's actually, it's just Jesus calling them. Right. It's not it's a religion. It's yeah. like. And I think that's, that's, a- that's the work of content creators like us. Like, I think, you know, once I realized that it is not on me to ensure everybody's salvation, you know what I mean? Yeah. As in, and I, and I use these like evangelical terms like that. What I mean is it puts a lot of pressure off me. That I do what God has called me to do and the rest, he's working it out with other people, other experiences of people and people are going to choose or not choose. Right. And I think as I've gotten older and in this work, I realize I don't have to have that pressure. I don't have to have that on me. I'm faithful to what God has called me to do. Um, You know, sharing the story of God in partnership with us, his love for all people and then allowing God's spirit to work and move in people in their timing and in their space and where they're at. And then praying that other people along the journey will speak love and into them as well. We're all part of this. So that's been really good because when I was growing up, there always seemed to be um, almost like a manic way of like, we got to do, we got to do it, you know, and then you'd put pressure on you and you'd feel anxious and were you doing enough and is it enough? And then I really realized over the years of, of this work I'm doing, it's like, no, I'm in partnership with God. God's spirit leads. He'll, he'll do He's going to do a lot of the work. You just do yours. And whenever there's opportunity, you speak, you share love, you give. So that's been really good. <laughs> that's so good. That's good for me to hear. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's refreshing and it's the truth. Because, you know, God is using us as vessels. Like we're not, it's not on us to, you know, True. bring whatever, what you can say, like the salvation or healing or anything. anything. Like we're just sharing the truth about who he is and how much he loves people. And then that's, but we, we can, I, as content creators as well in the Christian realm, we often see ourselves as ministers too. And so we end up, we start carrying it. Yeah. I don't like how many Christians from a young age, like you're saying, are carrying it. Like I should be doing this more. This should be, I should see these results more. Like, no, we're sowing seed everywhere. It's God's not ours. Yeah. And you know what? You look at Jesus life, which is so inspiring. Like he did his work and then it says some people believed and some people didn't. And then he left that town and he had a nap and then he (laughs) went back to the town and he ministered and he spoke and some people came to know him. Others didn't. But it wasn't like he was yeah. running after them and freaking out and trying to get them to follow him. It was like, some of you will hear and get it and some of you won't. So I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to demonstrate, you know, God's power and love. 
and you can take it or not. Like, I'm not going to manipulate you or force you because that isn't love. Like, a relationship isn't a, being forced to love somebody is not a relationship. And I think I got that too. And I read more about Jesus. It's like, he's awesome. Like, so many times it's like, and then he napped. Then he went away to pray. Then he napped. And then he hung yeah. out and was having dinners with his friends and weddings and parties and like everything. The more I get to know, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. Like, you're really an interesting person god you know what i mean and if you look at his pace it's not uh insane in the way that sometimes i get about being anxious and being it's kind of like he went to where he needed to be retreated recouped rested came back he healed some and then he didn't heal some you know like it was just like there was no kind of template of how to do it it was just sort of in in his life and way he just responded or did anyway that's another thing I just I'm just really fascinated so that's given me a lot of more of how to have rhythm of life in that way especially being in Christian content creation we can get to that place sometimes and I don't think that's really healthy and you know following Jesus is kind of not the way he lived his life you know what I mean it's so true you're right this is it's so insightful. It's, you know, it's kind of bombed to my soul listening to you. You're so right because we're working really hard too. Like we're all really passionate about what we're doing. We know the difference Jesus makes. We know we could reach people through every line of social media and through broadcast. And, you know, so we're so passionate to share the message, but we do lose in the process that pacing most of the time, right? Mm. How was Jesus living? Yeah. As you're talking, like you should, that's the next SHL book. I know. <laughs> I think that would be, be great to have people that. share the ways that they're like, you know, in this yes. kind of way of Jesus, how they've been doing. I know that's actually, that's really cool. That's actually not a bad idea, Lara. Look it's at so us. Now we're coming up with ideas on this conversation. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Um, I want to just skip down to the final one because I do have a blessing for you at the end, but yes. you are definitely an encourager. And I just, you know, I've ended every episode of this series with each person encouraging, you know, someone, I think for you, like a mom or a woman who's trying to do it all and seems to be failing miserably or just overwhelmed or, but just to that mom or woman who's just like, I need some really good encouragement today. Lara, what would you say to her? Oh, I would say that you are not alone that uh, so many women are feeling this and the feeling that you might have that you're juggling so many things and it's, you know, motherhood, career, friendship, the layers of what a woman carries, her well-being, but everything's falling because there's so many things. So you're not even catching the balls. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you right now that God wants to carry your burdens that um, we're not meant to carry so much. These are standards the world puts on us. These are standards maybe unhealthy um, relationships have put on us and sometimes what we're putting on ourselves, but they are not what God wants for us. And, you know, Melinda and I are talking, we're talking about um, resting in God, being like Jesus. And, you know, I think for that woman who's struggling to do it all, taking that moment to go for a walk and even if all you can say is Jesus, help me. Just, just take that moment to yourself. Get outside the door. Um, go be with your creator. 
you know, I tried to conjure him up with the ashes, but you know, conjure up your creator. No, with a prayer, God help me. God help me see you, see me how you see me. That first I'm just a child of God. All these labels and these expectations that people have put on you are not what God has put on you. And stay focused on the things God has called you to and go narrow and deep on those. The biggest thing we can do though is stay connected to our creator. And the minute that we see ourselves not able to do that because there's so much pressure from everything else, we have to step away. And it's like putting on your air mask first, right? On a plane, then you can help others. Mm. So it's time alone with God. This is what I think, you know, it's time praying, whatever that messy prayer looks like or eloquent prayer, get away and do some things like that. I think know that, um, that God just wants to use you as a vessel, that the responsibilities is not yours. And, um, you know, and just make sure that you care for yourself and you put others around you who will care for you and remind you, Melinda, you often have said to me, Lara, go do, go, go have some fun. (laughs) You more girlfriend stuff. We get those people around us. So we matter and uh, don't get lost in the labels uh, because first you are a beautiful creative being. God has uh, plans for your life that you cannot imagine. Psalm 139, he knit you together in your mother's womb long before you became a career woman or a parent or a wife or a friend. You know, God knit you together to be just you with him and to go forward in the ways he's called you. Amazing. It's so beautiful, Laura. Thank you so much. I know that that encouragement is and has really encouraged um, women and mothers who are listening and watching now. Uh, so thank you. And I want to finish off with just a blessing encouragement to you. So one of the things that I do in this whole series is I, I look for some some prayers or blessings for each person. And so I was going online last night and there's a whole bunch. But this one really was like, I think this is the one for you. And I found it on the Better Mom website. And it's really for when you are tired and exhausted, Laura, and there's just a lot of leadership responsibility on you. This is the blessing I want to say to you. So I'm going to send it to you so that when you are feeling overwhelmed, and listen, we know that as being the responsibility and weight of it, being on national TV, sharing about Jesus, and like we talked about holding this space for people across Canada, uh, you're leading a big team. There's a lot of responsibility on you. And so I know that there are moments of tiredness and exhaustion um, and being overwhelmed. So I want to just pray this blessing over you. And so you can just receive it. um, And I will send this to you so that when you are feeling exhausted, um, this is for you. So dear Lord, my friend Lara is exhausted and she doesn't know where her strength is going to come from. Her body, mind, and soul need your touch. Lara may be in a situation where the help she needs seems untainable for her right now. And so Jesus, I ask that you would open the doors that need to be open for her. If her health is an issue, please direct her to a place and method of restoration. And for all the issues weighing down her mind and her spirit, Lord, provide sweet release. Bring godly counsel, wise friends, and caring embraces to help Lara shoulder her load. And Holy Spirit, let my friend know that you are near and use your people as agents of your love in her life. I I pray for rest in Lara's life. Lord, let her sleep be sound. And though the hours may be few, please multiply the rest as she gets to carry her through the day. And I pray for Lara's nutrition, 
Please provide for her physical needs. Help her to know what nutrients her body needs. And please allow her to receive those things as she is strengthened to carry on. And I pray for my friend's family. Lord, you know how emotionally involved we moms are in our children's and husband's lives. She carries all of their burdens, joys, and stresses in addition to her own. And so Jesus, help Lara lay each one of those cares at your feet and give her faith to release them to you daily. Show her that you are God, all-powerful, all-knowing, and always loving. Help Lara to trust you and let go of the anxieties she battles. And most importantly, I pray for my friend's relationship with you. Give Lara moments today in which she can open her Bible, direct her to a passage of scripture that encourages her heart, speak your promises to her through your precious word, and use the season of weariness and stress to create something eternally beautiful in her soul. Lara, I echo Paul's prayer for the Ephesian believers for you, and I pray that the Lord may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that, Lara, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through the generations forever and ever. Amen. Lara, this prayer and blessing for you through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, Melinda, what a blessing. I feel God's presence <laughs> in this room. And, you know, I'm going to uh, read that prayer over me. I feel like you have a microphone in my prayer closet hmm. and you heard the things I need. And, you know, God has heard them and I'm so thankful. Thank you. That That's a, such a gift and uh, amazing what you prayed. I have to tell you, the Lord is communicating a lot through you, Melinda. That's good. Because there was a lot of prayers. And when I read that one... Well, I was like, this is the one it's, I, there's, and for certain things. So I'll, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll email it to you after um, yes. this episode, but Laura, it was a pleasure. It really was a beautiful pleasure to spend this time with you to just hear more. There's so much more. So we might have to do a part two, but yes. what a pleasure to end this series about me getting to my colleagues with you. This was so beautiful for me and the beautiful things you said earlier. Um, I'm grateful to work shoulder to shoulder, literally, <laughs> in the building with you and know that I, you know, even after our talk, I, I, I feel more committed to praying for you um, in this work. Cause I know how much of the emotional, spiritual, physical um, toll it can take, but know that I'm committed to praying for you. And I'm excited to see where God is going to take you uh, with 100 Huntley street, with your team, with your family, with more of your creative outlets of writing, um, so I'm very, very grateful for you here with Crossroads Media, with 100 Huntley Street, and your support for See Her Love. So, so thank you um, so much for this time. Well, Melinda, this has been such a gift to me. It has been like being on a mini vacation for my soul. <laughs> I physically feel <laughs> more rested and like just full of hope. You have filled me up and encouraged me in ways that like God literally knew that I needed and um, I'm so thankful that we're together in this journey, that we're ministering together, that God has called us right now uh, mm. for this season of the world. Like we are literally, yeah. you're right, shoulder to shoulder. And um, I, I've been so blessed by this conversation. I hope we have many more. Um, and I'm so excited about what God has in store for us. I, 
I see so much beautiful synergy too. I see the Lord has, uh, he's lining up people that are, you know, similar in heart and interest and intent. And it's so mm. neat to hear what you have to say, but I have to tell you, like you've, you've blessed me like very, very significantly to the point where I'm definitely going to listen to some of these beautiful things you've said. And, uh, again, and meditate on them and receive them. Mm. Just, uh, it's been such a gift to my heart. Thank you, Laura. And to our viewers and listeners, I really pray and trust and hope that you were encouraged and inspire what Laura Watson had to say. Make sure that you check out her incredible hosting skills on 100 Huntley Street, and they've got a great podcast as well. And and know this, I know that I always sign off on this, but if you are a busy mom and exhausted, not even just a mom, but you are working hard and you're overwhelmed, You know, so much that Lara said about finding those spaces uh, to be with God, you know, quality time, um, kindness towards yourself, um, you know, really choosing intentionally to be with Jesus. I I really encourage you to uh, listen again to the conversation a few times and, and write down some notes that we said. And if you've missed any of our previous podcasts from the series of Melinda Gets to Know Her Colleagues, please make sure that you check those out as well. And always know, in this life, you are not alone, and you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to See Here Love the Podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.